Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. I hope you had an amazing Christmas. Most of you following Pregnancy Pearls on social media already know I turned 39 years old on Christmas Day. Yep, I'm officially in the last year of my 30s. And because of COVID, I did absolutely nothing. However, that means I was safe, so I have no regrets, and I hope that you were safe as well. If you're listening to the episode on Drop Day, aka Thursday, then we're almost done with the year 2021. If you're catching up over the weekend, happy 2022! As we embark on the new year, many of us are doing a lot of planning. With my patients, they've been trying to plan who they can have with them in the hospital, their birth plans they want to go over, and the rest of pregnancy. Lately, I've had a lot of patients trying to anticipate maternity leave and how early is too early to take it. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about maternity leave. So maternity leave is just what it sounds. It's taking leave from work to prepare to be a mom, right? So everyone's different when it comes to taking leave. Some women choose to work until they literally go into labor. So uh, when I was in training, I had a, a, a senior, um, a senior resident was operating. She literally was 39 weeks in three days. Her water broke while we were operating. She finished the C-section and then we rolled her into the delivery room. So some women do that, right? Some women work until they are literally at work in labor, okay? Or some people work until their scheduled delivery dates if they have an indication for a scheduled delivery. Other women take FMLA or family medical leave early, or they claim short-term disability for medical reasons. So things to keep in mind when you're taking maternity leave, whether you have paid leave or unpaid maternity leave is up to your employer, okay? And these should be things that you talk about before you start working for these people, okay? Because there are terms that need to be agreed upon, especially if you are a contracted worker, okay? For most people, maternity leave is a combination of vacation leave, sick leave and holiday time, okay? All wrapped together to allow you to be paid for your time off. So if you haven't acquired enough hours because you haven't been at your current job long enough, then taking a voluntary early maternity leave should be financially planned out, okay? Even people that have been working for years and years, if you took vacation and then you got pregnant right after that and then you're gonna have this baby the same year, you may have a gap there. Like you may not have enough lead time to cover your maternity leave, okay? 
Now, if you have to take leave for medical reasons, like you have to be in the hospital, then you're just going to have to do what you have to do. And whether it's paid or not is irrelevant. Okay. The Family Medical Leave Act or FMLA is a law that requires most companies to allow their employees up to 12 weeks of unpaid family leave time after the birth of their child. This applies to both men and women and can also be used for those who adopt a child. If the parents work in the same company, then this time is usually divided between both parents. Okay, I know that doesn't sound fair, but let me tell you, that's what the law says happens. So for example, both parents can take six weeks off each or one parent can take four weeks off while the other takes eight weeks off. Or if your husband works with you, he takes one week off while you take 11 weeks off, okay? I don't make the rules here. I just make sure that you know them so that you can plan accordingly for when you take leave. Because I have people come in my office all the time. Dr. Plenty, I'm so sick and tired of being pregnant. Can I just go be put on maternity leave? Okay, I don't have a problem with you being put on maternity leave, but I don't have a medical reason that you need to take short-term disability. So... If that's the case, then you may have to work some things out, especially if you don't have disability insurance to allow to make sure that you can pay your bills from month to month. Okay. so to add to that, if your income accounts for the top 10 percent of wages for the business, then you might not get unpaid benefits either. If the company can show evidence that your absence creates a significant financial harm to the organization. Now that must mean you make a lot of money. I that's above my pay grade. That's not me. Okay, that's the CEO level, the C-suite people. Um it's not fair, but hey, if the company wants to do that, um, honestly, that's probably a company that you really don't want to be with. But if you are in that situation, then you may have to figure out how exactly you're going to continue to work for this company while you are recovering from having a baby. Okay, that's why if you are in this higher earning bracket, you should have your leave spelled out. Again, I'm going to say this spelled out in your contract before you leave. You should not be guessing how maternity leave works once you're pregnant. If you're working for a job, you should talk to them about like, hey, what's your maternity leave policy? This is what I need. Um, I if you are somebody that's planning to have children, this is what I need. And you can say, I'm not planning yet, but I want to make sure that in the event that I do want children, that my leave is covered. And you can literally put that in your contract. Okay. FMLA requires that you give your employer a 30 day notice, if possible, for any planned maternity leave. If you have unplanned leave, then most companies require you to take medical leave or file short term disability. And for most people that are working through a contract or salary, there is a short-term disability policy that you have to put in place. And for most most people, uh, you have to file short-term disability. And then after that, your vacation days kick in. So for example, for my company, uh, for my previous employer, when I had Harrison, I had to file FMLA, short-term disability through Cigna. That's who, that's who we had to go through, through, uh, employee services. And then after that, that covers the first six weeks, I believe. And then after that, my paid vacation and sick days were used to compensate the majority of the rest of my uh, maternity leave. Everybody's company policy is different. Okay. Although companies cannot discriminate on the basis of pregnancy, they don't have to pay you. Okay. So if you don't have enough days, 
They don't have to pay you. Okay, that's why it's called unpaid leave. Okay, so if you're on maternity leave or short term disability, your job will be there when you get back if you are a full time employee. That cannot be said if you are a part time employee. Patients come in my office all the time saying, hey, is there a way I can get paid? I'm only I'm working a temp job. So I want to make sure that I'm going to have that temp job when I get back or I'm working an hourly job. I want to make sure that I can get paid while I'm on maternity leave. I want to make sure I can take the maximum days off. That is something that you have to check on before you start working in these places. Okay, so here are steps you should do to plan your maternity leave. One, you're going to check in with your HR department to get the details about your options. Like I said before, you should have talked about that before you you got hired. OK, but if you didn't or you did and you just can't remember because it's been like two or three years since you got hired, check in with HR and get the details of, hey, how many sick days am I allowed to take off? How many vacation days do I have left? How um, how does FMLA work? If I had to be in a hospital, how does short term disability work? Make sure that you do those things. And some of that stuff, if you are working for a company and you're salaried, will go through like your benefits package that you have to renew every year where they're taking out short-term disability and things like that from your check so that you have monies that come in if you have to file these things. Um, But talk to HR to get the details about that if you just can't remember. Second part, talk to your partner and evaluate what time you can afford to take off. So If you're 32 weeks and you're a low risk pregnancy and you're miserable because you have a lot of pelvic pressure, but you work in an office job and there's really no reason that your OBGYN has to tell you you need to take off work, you can take yourself off work. Like you don't have to wait for your OBGYN to say you can't go to work. You can literally file short term disability, say I cannot function in my capacity and I'm going to go ahead and file short term disability. But realize that your short term disability only covers you for so much time. Okay, so if you're taking off 32 weeks, that's eight weeks that you're taking off in the pregnancy, plus another six to eight weeks after the pregnancy. You may not have enough time to do that. So if your spouse can afford to float the household for a bit so you can be comfortable, that's fine. But you and your spouse or your partner have to talk about these things to see what you can afford and what you can't afford. Okay, and if you if you uh, can't afford to take off, but you're very uncomfortable, then maybe you should talk to your manager about you know, uh, perhaps changing some of your workloads, like getting different responsibilities for that, okay? After completing the first trimester, you should talk to your supervisor and HR about your anticipated dates off. So I know before I said, check with HR department to get the details about your options. You're gonna do this before you get pregnant, okay? While you're doing your preconception consult, when you're thinking about getting pregnant, you're gonna talk to HR. But once you get pregnant, after you complete the first trimester, you can talk to your supervisor and HR about Hey, listen, I'm pregnant. And everybody tells people their pregnancy announcements at different stages. And I'm not saying once you turn 13 weeks, go and tell everybody you're pregnant. That may not be the right time for you. You may never feel comfortable. But at some point in the pregnancy, before you're due, you're going to have to tell somebody, okay? And I will start with the supervisor in HR, okay? Full term is 37 weeks. And that's the average time frame that most women take maternity leave so they don't go into uh, labor at work, okay? 37 and 0 is full term. So that means that you got three weeks that you'll be taking off before you have the baby, potentially at the latest. And then if you're taking six to eight weeks off, that still allows you the full 
12, 11 to 12 weeks of unpaid maternity leave if you go until your due date, okay? Only 5% of babies are born on their due date, so the likelihood that you go to your due date of 40 weeks is slim. But if you do, that still gives you that eight weeks at home with that baby if you wanted those eight weeks um, at home, okay? Um, so 37 weeks is the average time frame. That allows you to nest, get the baby's room ready, get prepared, figure out who's gonna help you when you get home, okay? Now, if you only have enough vacation time and sick leave to get paid for six weeks, then you might want to work a little bit longer, okay? Because you don't want to take three weeks off and then only have three weeks of paid maternity leave. But like I say, they have to allow you up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave. So if you know that three of those weeks are going to be paid, then maybe you're fine with taking three to six more weeks unpaid. Everybody's different when it comes to that. But the point I'm making is talk through this with your partner to see what you're comfortable with and what you're not because the biggest complaint I hear is people don't know how they're going to make ends meet or they didn't understand that they were going to be in the hospital or they're not ready to go back to work but they have no choice so planning here is key so some people should really take maternity leave or file short-term disability earlier than 37 weeks for medical reasons so some of those reasons may include if you have a known history of cervical insufficiency. So if you had cervical insufficiency with the last pregnancy and you deliver preterm and you have a cervicalized with this pregnancy and you're doing anything that requires manual labor, you should probably think about sitting down, okay? You should ask your boss to uh, do a lighter duty, okay? Or you should try to work from home or you may want to take maternity leave a little bit earlier because you have a higher risk of going into preterm labor, Okay. If you had a history of preterm labor, this pregnancy, so you've been contracting, most of most OBGYNs will tell you you need to sit at home, okay, which may mean that you might have to take maternity leave early, um, meaning file short-term disability. Now, if you are someone that can work from home, especially in light of everything going on, a lot of people have the flexibility of working from home. If you can work from home, then great. That can give you a couple more weeks of not having to file short-term disability and taking maternity leave if you can still function. But if you're doing something like that requires you to be in office, like you're doing something manual, like you're working at a restaurant and you're on your feet all day, well, then you're going to have to file, okay? Because we can't have you on your feet all day if you're contracting or you've already been dilating, Okay. If you have vaginal bleeding in pregnancy for any reason, then you're going to have to take some time off work. That may be temporary, okay? But if you have a reason and you're constantly bleeding, then you're going to probably have to take off, okay? That means your leave is going to be a little bit earlier. And then of course any any um condition that requires hospitalization, like you have preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure and vascular damage that we look for as protein in your urine. If you have HELP syndrome, which is hemolysis, elevated liver enzyme, low platelet syndrome, which for a lot of people is on the spectrum of preeclampsia, it's like a more severe form of preeclampsia that causes you to have issues with blood clotting and, and bleeding and things like that. Or any other hypertensive disorder of pregnancy. So you have high blood pressure in pregnancy. Um that requires hospitalization, you may have to take off work. Even if you are not in the hospital, if you have preeclampsia without severe features or mild preeclampsia, or you had a a hypertensive urgency, or meaning your blood pressures became elevated, but they were able to be temporarily managed, 
you probably still will be asked to be on some type of modified bed rest to help with uh, keeping a lower stress level, which may mean that you need to file FMLA early. Okay. And then if you have preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes or PPROM is the abbreviation, then you're in the hospital and you're going to have to file FMLA. Now there are certain patients that I have, especially people that are like, attorneys during tax season like tax attorneys and stuff a lot of people have still been working remotely even in the hospital so if you can work remotely in the hospital great i mean keep stacking your hours to save your fmla to you know after you have the baby but if you can't function in the hospital then you're gonna have to take leave early okay so now that we know a little bit more about maternity leave and when to take it let's go to some cases Our first case is a 28-year-old who is 32 weeks pregnant with her first child. She works at a shipping warehouse and often lifts packages that weigh 50 to 60 pounds. She's been working for the company for six years and has never had a problem and has hardly ever taken off. Over the past two weeks, this has been extremely difficult to manage. Her boss mentioned that if she couldn't handle the work, she might want to take maternity leave. She was referred to you for recommendations about taking leave and a letter stating restrictions. Okay, so it sounds like your boss does not understand. I don't know if your boss is a man. I don't know, but your boss has to understand that it's not that you can't handle it. It's that you shouldn't handle it, okay? Even if you were like, oh, I have no problems lifting 50 to 60 pounds. I've always been doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. That does not mean you should be doing it. And in pregnancy, you really shouldn't be lifting anything more than about 10 to 15 pounds, period. And when you're pregnant, you have to think about that baby and your pregnancy. So you really have to restrict um, your lifting. okay? and you should be taking breaks about every four hours. okay? you're going to have to go to the restroom that much anyway, every two to four hours, probably. So I would one have a conversation with my employer and say, hey, listen, I'm pregnant. I'm not supposed to be lifting anything more than 10 to 15 pounds. I will write you a letter that states that you can't lift anything more than 10 to 15 pounds Two. If there's, I would ask if there's something you could do that doesn't require you to lift. So let's say that you're working at, you know, FedEx or Amazon, you know, some of these shipping companies. Is there something you can do besides like lifting and putting packages together? Like maybe you're somebody that can record inventory. Maybe you're somebody that can log data. Maybe you're somebody that doesn't have to be on a line. Okay. Perhaps they can make adjustments for you temporarily, especially now that you're 32 weeks pregnant. And the last thing you want is your water to break because you're lifting 60 pounds. For what? You're lifting somebody else's boxes, risking your own health and the health of your baby. For what? Okay. And so it's time for your employer to adjust. Okay. This is, you're not the first person to get pregnant. You won't be the last. Everybody has to take up the slack when people are out or when they get sick. Okay. Okay. Not saying pregnancy is a sickness, but it is something that you have to uh, take it a little bit more easy, okay? And you have to be a little bit more careful because you don't want to drop a box on your belly. You don't want to strain and break your water. You don't want to do anything that can cause you to bleed. So I would really encourage you to have that conversation with your employer. And if you write the letter and they are not, they're not able to honor your restrictions because they're like, there's just nothing else to do here besides the lifting. Then you need to talk to HR about, hey, I presented this letter. I have these work restrictions. You guys are not able to do these restrictions for me. So let's talk about the next step. And that may be 
taking your maternity leave early if they cannot accommodate you. So the case pro for this case is your employer can't force you to take maternity leave. Accommodations should be made for pregnant workers and those with disabilities. If they can't because there's no alternative, then you can consider taking maternity leave after speaking with HR. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? The second case is a 19-year-old who is 31 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has a known placenta previa and has had vaginal bleeding off and on for the past two weeks. She was admitted to the hospital two weeks ago, but left against medical advice because she didn't want to lose her job. Her OBGYN suggested that she take medical leave now and be on bed rest. She presents to you for a second opinion. Yeah, she has a placenta previa, which means that the placenta or the afterbirth is covering the opening of the cervix. So when this happens, that means that if you start contracting or you start dilating, you can start bleeding and you can bleed really heavily, okay? Um, anytime you have a placenta previa, no one should check your cervix digitally. Why? Because they can literally put fingers through the placenta and cause you to bleed. So you can't be digitally checked. You can have a vaginal ultrasound because we're not putting the va- the ultrasound probe right up or through the cervix, okay? When we check your cervix, we're going through the cervix to try to fill the head. You don't want people to do that with the placenta there because they will cause you to bleed. So that's number one. You cannot be checked. Number two, if you're already bleeding and you have placenta previa, then usually what we do is we monitor you in the hospital. If you stop bleeding, then we send you home. If you continue to bleed, you're back in the hospital. So everybody's rule is different with this. For me, it's one major bleed or three bleeds and you're out. Okay. Meaning... If you have vaginal spotting, we monitor you. You're not spotting. You go home. You come back a week later. You have red bleeding, but it's not really that big of a deal. Like it's spotting on a pad or only with wiping. We monitor you. It stops. We send you home. You come back with that same spotting. You're there for the rest of the pregnancy. That's my rule. Everybody's different. Okay. Some people will keep you in there once you start bleeding in general. Or if you have heavy bleeding, like a period, you're passing blood clots. You only have to have that one time for me. You're out. You're in the hospital. And depending on what the tracing looks like and how heavy your bleeding is, that may be the reason that you get a preterm delivery. And people with placenta previous should not deliver vaginally. Can't. Why? Because the placenta will come out before the baby. We can't have that. The baby is dependent on the placenta to get blood. That's the only way the baby's getting nutrients and oxygen through the blood. So uh, you have to be delivered via C-section. So you would need to be monitored very closely so that you're not just going to start bleeding. Now, if you're working full time, that's really hard, right? Because most people, you know, that even if you wear a pad, you don't really know when you start bleeding. You're going to try not to come to the hospital or you could all of a sudden start bleeding at work. No, you need to be at home where you can have somebody that can take you to the hospital urgently or you can have somebody on standby that can take you to the hospital or you're able to call EMS and you're not like just drenching, bleeding or doing something that's causing you to bleed. Okay, like lifting something or, you know, walking a whole bunch like you need to be on at least modified bed rest, no sex for the rest of the pregnancy and sort of just chilling out. Okay, so realistically, uh, you probably either need to be in the hospital or at least on, on bed rest. And if you're not at a job where you can work remotely from home, then I'm sorry to say you, you, you do need to take medical leave. Okay. We can't risk you just bleeding at work. 
You have to think about the safety of your child and you. If you start bleeding heavily with the placenta privia, not only are you losing blood, but your baby is likely losing blood too because it's coming from the placenta. So who's to say that the baby's getting good blood flow when you're bleeding? Okay. So you could lose, you know, both of you could be lost. And I'm not trying to scare you. Okay. But I deal with the most complicated pregnancies. So I've seen the very worst case scenarios. And the reason that we have you, you know, being on modified bed rest or in the hospital, if you bled too much is to be safe so that we don't have to work with emergent cases. Okay. So my second opinion is, yeah, yeah, girl, let's take medical leave now. And be on some modified bed rest. Now, not full bed rest because we don't want you to get blood clots in your legs. So we do need you to walk around, go to the bathroom, take a shower, that kind of thing. Okay, so you don't need to be at home using a bedpan or anything like that. And you also need to make sure you have like those little compression stockings on your legs, on your uh, calves, because we want to prevent blood clots. But realistically, you need to take it easy. Nothing strenuous at all. Low stress environment, nothing strenuous, no sex. Um, so I agree with your OBGYN. And because of that, the case pearl is placenta privia can cause heavy vaginal bleeding. Once diagnosed with bleeding present, leave from work is typically recommended. If you're in the third trimester, you should consider taking maternity leave early. All right, medical intern, what's our emailed question? This one says, Dr. Pliny, I'm extremely concerned about COVID-19 cases, specifically the Omicron variant and how contagious it is. I'm 29 weeks pregnant and I work as a nurse educator. I previously did work remotely, but in October, everyone was required to come back to work in person. Several of the nursing staff on my unit that I cover have COVID-19. Now, even the traveling nurses have been getting sick. I'm vaccinated, but I still do not want to get COVID while pregnant, even if I am asymptomatic. Do I have a case to file short-term disability now, or am I overreacting? No, you are definitely not overreacting. So, you know, nurses have been really going out with a lot of COVID cases, and that's because you guys are first line, right? You're taking care of everybody that comes in that has COVID. And sometimes, uh, you know, staff, they're not even given N95 masks until somebody tests positive. So if you have somebody that comes in for a different reason, and then two, late, two days later, their COVID test comes back positive, well, you may have inadvertently exposed yourself. And in pregnancy, you are considered in the higher risk category. Pregnancy is a vulnerable population that is uh, listed by the CDC. So you are more likely to get severe COVID disease if you get COVID, okay? And now I understand that people that are vaccinated are getting milder diseases, but we don't want to chance that. Like right now, we don't know like how babies, you know, get COVID. Like some case reports say there's a three to 5% risk. Some case reports say, I really don't know the risk, okay? And while they're still like this, like we really don't know what it does to unborn babies, then you definitely have a case. For me, I've been putting a lot of my patients that are in those high risk uh, populations, um, I have been putting them on uh, on leave, okay? Because, and documenting the CDC guidelines saying that it is a high risk vulnerable population. And if you were to get COVID-19, you would be uh, would get severe disease. So I, I definitely think you have a case. But before you file short-term disability, it's very evident to me that you can do work remotely, 
Okay, so if you can do virtual consults with patients in the hospital and educate them on whatever you're supposed to be educating them, whether it's like nutrition or heart disease or diabetes, whatever you're responsible for, you're responsible for educating and talking like why can't you do that remotely now? And so I would talk to the nursing supervisor and HR about, hey, can I go back to being remote? Like my physician has recommended that I go and do these things remotely. And you should get this documented from your own OBGYN that says, hey, please consider having her work remotely because she's at a higher risk of getting severe disease because she is immunocompromised. And that's even if you are vaccinated because the Omicron variant is, you're right. It's going. It's very contagious, and we don't know what will happen to your unborn baby. So I would start there, though, before I filed short-term disability, to see if you could work remotely, so that you don't have to use those that time that you already have saved up. So start there. See if they'll let you go back remotely. And a lot of employers will allow you to to go back remotely. They they understand, especially if you're a nurse. They understand that you don't want to expose yourself or or your unborn baby. Okay, I think that's all the cases that we have today. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about maternity leave and when to take it and when you should just sort of pump the brakes and pause on that. Hopefully this episode will allow you to plan for your future leave as much as you possibly can. Also, I pray that each of you has a very happy and healthy new year. Uh, I pray for greatness in 2022 for all of you. I have that good feeling that it's going to be so much better than 2021. So if you or someone you know has a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And make sure to catch up on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.